Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. We are two away from a one year anniversary. We might have something special or it'll just be me and Stu talking rubbish again. Um, talking of which, Stu, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, a year old is about my mental age. So, you know, that works out quite well. Is that is that your official scoring, Dr. Kawashima's brain training? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, he's probably lower than that even. He broke the game. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't surprise me myself with that because I've done IQ tests in the past and and they don't tend to work out very well. Although it did do one not that long ago and it was all right. Got about one hundred and thirty, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, IQ tests are weird. Um, they they they're set up in a particular way to to recognise just a very specific type of intelligence. Yes, they are. Um, and I've done some which are giving me really high scores and others that are giving me middling scores, so it's it's really weird. Yeah. I mean, I, I've gone from something like 138 um, down to about 98, I think, at one point on two different ones. It's stupid. Well, as long as you're not down to 60, I think we're quite okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, after, oh, no, 9.8, sorry, that's what it was. <laughs> That that sounds more yeah applicable definitely. So, for those who are listening as this goes out, um, we w- would have probably focused a little bit on what's been going on in the year, because believe it or not, we are only just well we're still in the the first month of a new year, and it feels like we've been in this year for for ages already. Um, but we've decided mental health isn't always talking about mental health. We've always spoke about this. It's not always focusing on the crap that's going on. Um, so we're not going to talk about any of that. We are just going to focus on the gaming side of stuff today. Um, so a nice, easy listening as we talk about some of the games we've been playing. Now, I've got quite a few, um, but I'm going to, as usual, I'm going to stay quiet for the rest of the podcast and I'm going to hand over first to Stu. Ah, if only that were true. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so the first one I'm going to talk about is Dead Cells again. And yeah, had a bit of a revelation with that one. So it actually leads on to quite a big, important discussion point about games. But right, so what happened was, so if you remember, I was stuck on the concierge for a while. Yeah. So what happened was, in brief, I basically cleared out everything that you can get before him. And I couldn't pick up any more decent kit and I couldn't get any more blueprints. And I was like, so I'm completely stuck here. Anyway, so I uh, played it with the sound on and I beat him first time. Now, bit of background. Mm -hmm. I've been playing it on my uh, GPD device, so basically on a handheld downstairs. And I don't tend to have the music or the sound on because I don't want to disturb my wife, you know. And sometimes put headphones in but most of the time I don't bother and yeah I found out because there are good visual cues in Dead Cells so they do they do have a tell like a visual cue when they attack but I I when I played it with the headphones in I realized that there was a, another cue that was more accurate that was entirely audio based when he was going to attack uh, and I cleaned him just just completely wiped him out uh, and then I carried on and I've got dead, 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 dead far right up towards near the end and I've got tons of amazing kit. So that sort of brings up the thing of, 
are you know are we doing enough for deaf ga- gamers and people with um, you know hearing loss of any type? Because I would have thought that I was doing. F- you know, I, I could get along with just seeing those cues, like exclamation marks above the head and little flashes on their body. Um, but no, it's not enough. You de- you need to hear those audio cues to know when he's going to attack. So, what do you think about that? So, yeah, no, you're, you're 100% right. Um, I would argue that the way you're playing it on a GPT handheld is a very niche way of playing it. Um and what I remember when I played Dead Cells on the Switch was I got the visual clues, the audio clues, but also um, rumble clues as well. Right. Q- clues, cues, which really helped. Now, uh, as far as I've never played a GPD, but I'm guessing it doesn't have like built-in rumble and stuff like that Correct. into it. Correct, no rumble. But what you do bring up, though, is a very interesting point because that game should be playable in a way that it does bring up more audio cues as visual representation. Um, Now, that hasn't got to be in-world representation, um, so you haven't got to change the game completely, but it could be using the technology we use for subtitles. So when there's an audio cue that you need to react to, it flashes up a just even a white box on the screen somewhere, um, just in like in that peripheral vision that allows the deaf gamer to see that audio cue at the same time. But yeah, I, I'm totally with you. And I, I picked up on it on um, uh, something in Breath of the Wild where you can avoid the thunderstorm lightning with moving at the right time and throwing metal objects when it gets to a certain, when the uh, lightning gets to a crescendo. Yeah. And you can't see that properly. But you can hear it. You know when to do it by how you're hearing it. Um, and no, you're right. I think with that, you get the flashes, but I don't think they're. You don't think you can react to them quick enough, which is weird as light travels faster than sound, but you can't react to them quick enough. Um, and because I'm a klutz of a gamer, I actually found out another way of doing it, which was a lot easier, but that's by the by. But yeah, no, I agree with you. We need to look at other ways of making games more inclusive for less able-bodied people. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Every game should have the um, the, the colorblind options, you know, of the various types. Yep. And, yeah, I think you could put something in like a little uh, oscilloscope type thing, you know, like little bumpy patterns showing the, the, the sound, you know, do it in a way that uh, is, is very minimal, but have it as an on and off switch where the, you know, as a quality of life switch in the options and uh, but yeah no I think it really really needs to be done to be quite honest with you it's yeah could we not create now I, I this is me maybe maybe thinking that or getting the idea of how this is not quite how it works but I know some deaf people they can listen to music by feeling the vibrations which is obviously a good thing so I mean Theoretically, couldn't they not create a a headset or headphones for games that created some kind of vibration on, you know, if they wore them like headphones and it created a vibration um, instead of sound waves based on what the sound is within any game. So, again, I'm not saying take the decision out of the, the uh, developer's hands, but it feels like 
could that not be something that could be made so they can create vibrations and base it off the vibrations rather than the actual sound? Easily, easily. Because, I mean, if you think about your phone, think how small they are and think about yeah. the, the vibration in your phone. So you could put one, e- one of each of those into each you know headphone cup, um, make sure that it's far enough away from the ear so that it couldn't do any vibrational damage, but you could still feel it. And there you go, yeah. bingo, done. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. So uh, they are, we've solved it. We've solved the whole issue I, in like five minutes. I said it's one of two things. One, I could make my millions, which I'll never go and do because I've got ADHD and I'll get distracted by something. Um, two, it already exists, and we're trying to solve a problem that's already solved. <laughs> Always possible. <laughs> or three, if anyone's listening and wants to run with it because it doesn't exist, go for it and actually improve on what the the general idea is. But yeah, there's got there's got to be ways to help deaf gamers in other ways. Um, there seems to be a lot of focus on sight issues with games, less so when it comes to sound, because it just seems to be a case of, oh, we'll put subtitles in um, yeah. that you've uncovered uh, a game that you really do struggle with if you haven't got the sound cues. Yeah. So, yeah, you, there's an exclusion there, unfortunately. Yeah, I reckon, yeah, if you had... So you had those that just turned the sounds into vibrations, and then you could still use your rumble in the pad or the the console for you know, yeah all the stuff they intended it to be used for in in the first place and then you know have that separate rumble in in the ears for different timings so yeah there you go yeah job done there you go I'm I'm gonna be the Steve Jobs of of um, gaming rat- yeah rattling headsets yeah yes so uh, moving on I played a ton of games this last week or so I really have um, so. Gonna, I'm going to come to a major one in a bit, but I'm just going to cover a couple of them that I've played um, that I want to touch on quickly. So, Football Manager 2021. Those who have played Football Manager, they know what it is. Um, this is the first full Football Manager game I've played since probably 17, 16 or 17. Um, I played the Touch version on the Switch last year. Um and I decided to give myself a challenge and I'm playing a Sunderland rather than a top flight football team with the idea of bringing them back to the top flight and everything. Really good. It's so in-depth now. It really is. I, I, I lost hours to it. I forgot how addictive that game is. Um, so there's that. And the reason I went for that first is another game I've been playing is Mutant Football League, which yeah. is um, basically American football with mutants and monsters and all kinds of things like that and it's got little added things so it's basically the basic rules of american football it's got little added things like spikes will come out of the ground and there's fire pits and you can murder the up the opposition and, and loads of stuff like that loads of little touches which is really cool it's technically on a technical level nowhere near the madden games however it done something that the Madden games have never been able to do. Um, and explain to me, within five minutes of turning it on, why you choose the different lineups that you do for each play. So why you would choose a blitz at a certain time, or know when to use a blitz, or, or why you would use uh, loads of people on the line of scrimmage rather than a load set back at the line of scrimmage, and at what points you should try that risk, or which points you play it safe. It kind of, it, it's so kind of, oh, these are the things. It said, right, this is why you do this, 
and it cool. took about 10 seconds and it went right if they are first and 10 they're liable to try this type of play so this is the sort of defense you should play if they are third and one yard to go they're going to run nine times out of ten they're going to run so you need to play this sort of defense to counter the run in an arcadey budgety zany over the top football game explained more about the sport than Madden games have ever done um yeah so brilliant that's really cool really yeah no I've always yeah. stumbled over them because they don't explain how to use those things because as a viewer like if you haven't played it which of course I haven't um if if you're just a viewer of it you can understand the rules quite quickly but what you don't see yeah. are the coaches doing their plays so when you play a video game of it, it's all about being the coach doing the plays and you don't know how to do it. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, but literally it was 10 seconds and it, it, just, it just basically went, um, this is how you choose a defensive play. In this example, the defence is third and one, so they are going to run. So because they're going to run, this is the sort of play you play. Excellent. Super, brilliant, yeah, well really done. Cool. Um, commentary is a bit crap on it in terms of it's trying to be a bit edgelord on the commentary, uh, which is about the only downside. Um, but on the whole, it, I say it's um, the physics aren't anywhere near realistic. I'll say there's monsters and everything all over the pitch, but so much more fun than Madden. So, yeah, um, and it's quite cheap. That's about eight quid on uh, the Switch at the moment. Uh, if cool. you want to try that one out, I like that. I like when they go, "Ah, we got monsters in our game. It's their good fun," and then it's like, "Yeah," because you found that animating real people's faces was too expensive. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, it's like walk 'em ups, you know, like uh, walking simulators when they only have ghosts of people in the past or whatever. <laughs> it's because they can't afford the budget to animate proper faces, but uh, it, it's good because it leads to creative. If, you know, creative Hot yeah, ways around it. I mean, I started a discussion with someone on Twitter this morning, actually, at the time of recording, about um, the homogenization of sports games. And it's something I'll talk about more at another time because yeah. I, I would like to see more of like Mutant Football League, and Blood Bowl, Captain Tsubasa, all things. I'd like to see more of those rather than just the one NBA game, the one NFL game, or the two football games there are. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's... Uh, bring us more give us more choice so what else have you been playing the only other thing I've been playing is a game I've been playing with you (laughs) so do you want to talk about that well we said we wouldn't we said we wouldn't talk about that oh no you're not not the hide the uh, oh not that one sorry not not that that one one. okay well no that's still a special game yeah that's on the down low still (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um yes you and I have been... I don't really need to tell you, but I'm doing it for the audience. It's like a thing. But um, you and what, I... Have, yeah. what, have, what have you been playing? Uh, Resident Evil 5 in co-op. Have we? Online, yeah. Oh, wow. I thought you, tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, I thought you were a bit sort of spaced <laughs> out when we were playing. You must have been sleep playing or something. I don't know. But um, that'd explain the quality. Right, no, sorry. Right. It would explain why the AI is better. Yeah. <laughs> the, infa- the infamously bad AI why it's better than I was <laughs> <laughs> oh the AI is so bad so I've been playing it in solo no no that was me <laughs> oh right okay <laughs> you leapt into my game and ruined it for me yeah yeah that's understandable <laughs> yeah no it's um, it, it, oh, the AI is absolutely staggeringly bad so it's great when you play it in co-op it's such a shame though because that did ruin its reputation but it's a really good game and yeah. you and I saw it being 
done in a speed run on Games Done Quick. Well, I assume you saw it on Games Done Quick. That's where. Yeah, I, no, we, we, I think when we um, set up, and I went, yeah, I've just seen this on a on a speed run, so I fancy I, I fancy giving it a go. You went, yeah, so did I actually. Exactly. Yeah, and it was dirt cheap, so bang, got it. Um, so yeah, I played it back in the day on PS3 uh, using the move controls, which was great because if you've played the Wii edition of Resident Evil 4 with the you know, with the Wii waggle controls, um, they're excellent. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of kind of ridiculous gamer edge lord hype uh, <laughs> and criticism of the Wii controls back in the day, but I really liked them. Uh, you know, and it was great for Resi 4, and I really enjoyed them on. Resi 5. I'm playing with the pad now, and it's not as much fun, uh, but it is tougher, which it's supposed to be. But, yeah, no, it's a great game. Uh, it reminded me of... Um, like When I was about 14, me and my mate used to get on the bus and go to like the local um, sort of public golf uh, course, like just a you know, cheap round of golf. And he got a hole-in-one on the very first hole. And I went next, and I got within a couple of feet of the pin and it was an easy tapping and it was like the best shot I've ever done uh, but it was completely ignored because he got a hole in one and that's a bit yeah. like Resident Evil 5 <laughs> it's like it's a really good game but because it's very much copying what Resi 4 did and isn't as good it's seen as crap but it's not crap it's really good <laughs> yeah yeah, I've, it, I've, we, we've mentioned this before. It's one of those games. It wasn't called Resident Evil, and it was called Generic Zombie Shooter. It'd get a much better reputation, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It is also hobbled by the completely crap AI, which is dog mess. It really is um, in single player. What I do want to say is we've played, obviously, recently, so it's going to be a patched version. I know it's got a fan patch, and it did call controversy early on that every NPC and every zombie you killed was black. Yeah. Due to the setting of the game. I noticed there was a mix of races when it comes to zombies when we played it. Yes. Um, they I don't it. know if that's something they patched in. They did, yeah. I can't remember how early. I think it was the reaction reaction was so strong that it was actually quite early on, yeah. Um but if you've got an original one, I think, yeah, it's still all black characters. But that kind of inclusiveness, so it's got, like, you know, clearly Southeast Asian characters and it's got white characters that you can shoot and everything is all fine. But right in the middle of the game, it still has the quote-unquote African village full of quote-unquote yeah. tribal Africans, um, which is incredibly racist. It's just yes. such a racist depiction. Um <laughs> it's really awful. It's like, oh, look at us being inclusive. Oh, and by the way, these people go ooga booger and throw sh- spears at you. So, yeah, that is still a problem. But, yeah, yeah, you kind of just have to take it in context and think, oh, well, you know. You do. And again, going from it, I don't think it was ever intended as a, an insult or a jibe. I think it was all done with good, in- good intentions. Me too. Yeah. It's like, you maybe need to step back before you release this game or you release this concept step back um they could have put this into into an african village set it in africa and have it in somewhere where culture is different it isn't just killing black people um and you know and using those racial stereotypes they could have written that story just that bit better 
because apart from the fact that Shiva is a woman, so she doesn't need any protective clothing. Of course. Um, I actually felt she was she was written quite well as a strong female character. She is, yeah. And I mean, clearly she shows how strong she is. She doesn't give a shit what you're doing at times. So, <laughs> at times. you know. <laughs> at any point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, so they did consider it. And I just think it, it never came from a place to intend to cause offence but unfortunately it did and then it said like the um the, the shall we call it an inclusivity patch yeah um kind of only highlighted things a bit more which is a shame because mechanically it is such a good game it is yeah no you're entirely right it's like you, you start off in a in a in a township and you know it's got predominantly black characters in regular clothing and then you've got some people of other ethnicities and it's like oh yeah 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 that makes sense and their intention was to think to go ah yeah but you know if you go out into the into the into the wilds and you go to traditional villages they've been taken over by las plagas and and it's made them really aggressive and so you know that's why they're attacking you and blah 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 and it's like yeah that's the idea in theory but it's that's kind of like saying oh yeah quiet in metal gear solid five oh yeah no she she needs to breathe through her skin so she needs to wear no clothes it's exactly the same in actuality as it is in you know, in that game, so yeah, that that era of games still needed to learn nuance. It really, they really did, yeah. Um, and they're, they're still struggling. I mean, considering the Last of Us Two is held up as a masterpiece of games writing, oh, we still got a way to go. Precisely, yeah. So yes, no, I agree with you. It's it's a great foot game, great fun in co-op and brutal brutal at the start yeah. we, i think we retried it four times that early part yeah yeah no it's crazy it just kind of goes if you don't go where we want you to go we are going to murder you yeah yeah it's got that thing that's a bit it was more unusual at the time um as you'll know of uh it, it's kind of like a roguelike almost at the start yes because it's got that pitch difficulty of you know it's when you start collecting weapons you can go back to the first mission and then you've got you know, more powerful weapons and more effective ones and you can control the crowds better. But it is all about crowd control because you can't just kill, kill them all because you'd, you'd run out of ammo. So, yeah, you have to crowd control and wait for timed sections and get to certain places. And, uh, yeah, it's good. That first section, I was the equivalent of the kid stood behind the um, bully going, go on, hit him, hit him, go on. <laughs> With my, I actually had a handgun. I can't do anything. Go on, you can have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've bought um, so I've carried on in single player and just like put up with the AI, and I've got a significantly better weaponry now. So when we go back to it, it'll be not a cakewalk, but you know we'll be popping a lot more heads than we were yes. in the last time. But also going back further than Resident Evil Five, we're also hopefully we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. But we'll be doing some Left for Dead four player Left for Dead as well. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Yeah, me too. What else have you been playing then? Me? Well, I've been playing... Um, oh, right, let's have a look. So, Opus Magnum, I've been playing. We, you saw a little bit of that on the Resident Evil night when I tried to, we tried to do a test for something coming in the future, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that is an amazing game. I can't explain it to people who don't understand Zactronics, but basically it's a programming game. Um, uh, the idea of this is you need to create an output which is usually an element of some kind and you have to do various different inputs and you have various 
arms or rotational fins or tracks and you have to move elements through you have to change them up with certain things and then you get them to do an output and the genius of this game is to actually get a solution any solution is easy um so you can find a convoluted way and you will fudge your way through it the actual main part of the game is trying to make it as small as possible and as um as cheap as possible to make with less parts and just make it all work really really well and i'm dreading going back to that part but it's yeah it's a really well made game and it's the same with space chem and infinity factory as well um, i've not played any of these others yet but i definitely will do where you try and look at it. if you go in anywhere apart from the very first section of that game the very first opening tutorial level and you look at it you just go what yeah what on earth is going on? as you did i, I think was. i tried explaining to you a little bit <laughs> yeah. he was like yeah i'm going to bed now. <laughs> yeah no i was totally like yeah utterly mystified but looking at it looking at the the, like, the little engine working on the screen sort of told me a lot about how it works it's almost like the the football thing you know the american football thing or even football manager it's like if you've got to get a grounding in the proper rules of it before you can have any idea of what to do but it looked good. I'm not sure I would say it looked fun, but it certainly looked good. So I got it for, because it's one I've always wanted to try, but it's always been around the eight to nine pound mark in a sale uh, whenever I've looked at it. And I was like, if I get this and I don't get on with it, I feel like I'm really wasted my money. Um, and I saw someone selling a key on eBay for like £1.63 because apparently they got it in a bundle and he's had <laughs> the key left over. And I went, yeah, I'll have that. Nice. 163 yeah, I'll give it a go for that. It's, you know, I've spent more on a cup of coffee because that, that's always the barometer of whether something's worth it. Have you spent more on coffee in a coffee shop? Yeah. It's the same as <laughs> I won't, I won't buy a tin of like um, coffee in a supermarket if it's full price at like £5 something. But I'd happily go and spend uh, like three quid on a single cup of coffee in the in a coffee shop. It's like I could get like thirty cups of coffee for a fiver, but I won't because I wait for that to go on offer. Yeah. Um, it's the same time, but yeah, it's the co- coffee's the barometer of anything to do with value. So I've been playing that. Um, I've also been playing Mars Horizon, which is a game I got super super cheap in a bundle um not long before christmas and i finally got around to giving it a go and I, it took me ages to get into it because i was really really when it was a space race type thing the like so give some context is basically you enter into a space race so you've got the esa the esa which is a european space agency uh nasa the russian federation china and another one as well and it starts in like the 1950s and it's just basically the space race and it'll take you into the future eventually i believe colonizing mars so you've got to do all these different like research trees and take on various missions um to get better support to get sort of like more contractors in to help you build rockets to unlock more missions research new parts eventually you can put an animal into space and then you can put a human into space and then you try doing other bits and it builds up from there in a way it feels like a a, almost a bit like civilization Mm. in the way it's structured yeah there is no combat but you are in a battle to be the the number one 
And what's really good, and I, I was put off by it, not put off by it, I was intrigued by it, but put off starting it because I thought it was going to be more like Kerbal Space Program where you need almost a, a degree in space engineering to, to, to really get the best from it. But no, it's you basically go in and you go, right, I need to build this payload. And it goes, yep, yeah, what parts do you want? Okay, yeah, we'll build that for you. What type of rocket do you want? Yep, yeah, we'll build that for you. Um, you now need to build your, sp your space base. Um, so you need to make sure you've got a certain size launch pad to launch these ones. Um, if you want to take on more missions, you need more. You need a, a, a another HQ and all kinds of things like that. And it builds up really, really well. And I put it on for a quick go last night. I thought I'll have a quick, a quick blast, see what this is like. And yeah, I, about three hours later, I was still engrossed. Um, I keep coming fifth in a five horse race of getting to things so i'm the fifth <laughs> i was the fifth agency to put an animal into space um and it's now a race between me and i believe china to be the fourth to get a human into space and i'm way behind on that um, but you do the little things like you have to plan when you when you launch and there's optimal times to launch um and it's really frustrating when you do it and it's absolutely piddling down and it goes ah. Uh, uh, chances of your rocket exploding are going to are going to be high, so maybe reschedule. You're like, for fuck's sake, now I've got to reschedule the whole thing. Okay, yeah. so you do that. So it's got the. I want to say what the real life frustrations of of um, of NASA and everything is. I, I don't know because I'm, I'm not I'm not a space engineer or anything like that. But yeah, really, really, really good. But I, I can't remember what the kind of simulation they are considered. But the, you know, like the civilization, just a really good version and really good take on doing those. Awesome. Um, and the last game I'm going to speak about in some detail um, is another game I, I got um, uber cheap, and that is Cartcraft, which I don't know why it's called Cartcraft, because there's no crafting in it whatsoever, it, but it's um, basically karting, and it's a real, it's a simulation-based karting game. Oh, right, okay. It's in early access and it's got mixed reviews. Um, and it's only got mixed reviews really now because the VR component apparently is really like shoddy. It's in early access and the VR doesn't work really well. So I think that's right. why it's got a lot of its mixed reviews. Yeah. And it's not an arcadey karting game. You kind of need to have a grounding in how carts are different to racing cars because um, anyone who's played Project Cars and tried to kart it in that knows that it's a completely different kettle of fish i don't care what sim games you've played what arcade races you played you try playing karting in project cars and try and use your knowledge of other racing games you're just gonna fail and it's the same with this um but i've put hours into the karting on project cars to get competent at it and with this one it works really well they're zippy little things they're twitchy as hell as they should be um and the ai are really really good in it as well i've done like a couple of laps um to test it out um getting used to handling then dived into a couple of races and they do well to avoid you when they have to they will knock you when they've got to knock you it's all close compact racing as you get in actual karting series as well it, i mean early access is only like three tracks at the moment and it's quite really is bare bones there's no like season mode as such or anything like that it's like single race time trials qualifying and they're all outdoor tracks um but i'd like to see this hopefully improved upon with more tracks both indoor and outdoor adding like a bit of a progression state to it 
um, or even just like bog standard, here's a season championship thing, just something to aim towards. But yeah, early impressions, really, really good. Visually beautiful. And also, sound-wise, I, I put my headphones on, started it, um, and it was it was enough as I was going around on my own. And then it got put me on the grid with the other cart, and my ears were just destroyed uh, because the noise of all these carts, high-pitched whirring, was just something else. <laughs> One of the best-sounding racing games I've ever played. Wow. Um, in terms of just that that noise that comes from it was just outstanding. Ah, cool. Yeah, I like the immersion aspect of that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if it... and you can play it in VR as well, but I can't because I don't have a VR thing. But apparently the VR's bust, so I wouldn't bother anyway at the moment. But what could make it better is our patented vibrating headphones. You see, that would make it even more exciting. Yeah. No, not based on if that the sound coming off of that. That'd um, give you an aneurysm, I think. Yeah, it sounds like your head would explode, like in scanners. Yeah, I'd actually, that's one thing. No, we'll probably probably have to put a warning on on that patented idea. Definitely. But yeah, I, I think it shows. I mean, this week because um, it has been a complete and utter show, um, all over. You know, lot further lockdowns. America imploding in on itself. God knows what else is going on elsewhere as well because it's, it's all hard to keep up with. Footballers can't hug anymore. Um, uh, prime Minister's off cycling despite telling other people to stay as close to their homes as possible. Uh, Matt Hancock's a dead-eyed twat. Um, you can edit that. Um, with regards to feeding the children. Um, and we're somehow two weeks into a new year in a year that feels like it's already three years old. Gaming has been a hell of an escape this first two weeks of the new year. Um, and I, I, when I just when I was getting ready for this, and I was looking at the games I've played, I've not even mentioned all of them that I've touched in some degree. And thank Christ for video games, man. Yeah, really. I, I I can't think. Just sitting there watching TV. No. I don't think I could sit there and do it. Um, my partner reads a lot. That's great. I, I'm not a reader, but man, I can escape to video games, whether it's pretending I'm a great football manager, whether it's, you know, being gazumped by impossible puzzles or whatever. There's something out there. I thank Christ for them. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I'm not sure how people cope really without a really good hobby and gaming in particular because you, you can pretty much do it anywhere whenever you want and it's it takes you away but like you know I love reading but I can't read when the telly's on or when people want to talk to me even intermittently so I can't I can't do that all the time but I can game yeah so yeah no it's it's so vital and we've seen a couple of articles already about how good it is for your mental health and i think this is going to be a watershed in the acceptance of gaming in society because uh, we were getting there anyway but i think it's after this and how many people are going to be and how many new people are going to be coming to it it's just going to be like yeah this is the best thing you can possibly do with your time when you need to break away from the misery of the real world so yeah no it's been brilliant I really hope so because I mean it was starting to be accepted but you still had the yeah but look at Fortnite the way it destroys people and it's like that's not video games Fortnite is not video games that's a video game yeah 
Battlefield isn't video games. It's it's a video game, and it's a shockingly bad video game in terms of how predatory it, it was and, and things like that. Video games, when I look, for me, is that you can go from Fortnite and Apex Legends, Call of Duty, and then I look at my most... Literally, I'm going to go through, before we go, my list of recently played games on Steam, because I've got them here. So I've got Cartcraft, Children of the Zodiacs, Opus Magnum, Resident Evil 5, Umarangi Generation, which is a brilliant photography game, by the way, an indie game, uh, Mutant Football League, Football Manager, um, Nertsy, which is a Zactronics-based online solitaire game that uses programming language, just, yeah, okay. Um, Neoverse, sorry, I meant to touch on this, Neoverse. Well, I spoke about this last week, and I apologise to the developers of that. It is not a dodgy fan service game. It is a really, really good Slay the Spire-inspired game that does its own thing. I will talk about that more next week. Space Base Startopia, which is a space simulation game um, that is more akin with um, The Sims and things like that. Skater XL, which is a skating simulation game. Coleco, where you run a cat calf. Paradise Killer, where it's a visual novel, murder mystery type thing that just goes out there. That range of stuff that is available to me, and that's just on, on Steam that I've played recently, not including what I've played on, on the Xbox, not including what I've played on the Switch. Just that range of different things that you can do is just wow. It is just outstanding, and it needs to be celebrated more. Absolutely, yeah. It's been brilliant. Now I'm going to go and buy some loot boxes and play some FIFA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And use some racially charged epithets on an online game. I don't think I could ever play. I, I hate FIFA. I hate it. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird way to finish. Yes, I hate FIFA. <laughs> I hate EA. Ubisoft of the world. No, games are good. Games are good. That That's what we're taking away from this week. Yeah, come back from the edge, um, Brad. Come back from the edge. Yeah, no, ga- games are amazing. Um, as I say, the, the few, and it is a minority that make it seem crap, just ignore those. Just search a bit, dig a bit deeper, and you'll find a wonderful, wonderful world that suits any taste. Quite right. And with that, I think we'll end the podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I recognise most people are going to be having a fairly difficult time of things so just look after yourself and take care of course and we're always there for you on our Discord so if you go to mentalhealthgaming.com all of the links to our different socials are on there obviously join the Discord, get in the chat we talk about all sorts of things including mental health and of course we have a big presence on Twitter mainly thanks to Brad and we have you know, a YouTube channel with lots of new videos coming all the time and reviews on the website so Loads of stuff for you. Please engage. If you feel so inclined, you can pay on Patreon to support us or you can pay a one-off on coffee. But other than that, all that remains to be said is keep enjoying your games, take care of yourself and stay safe. Stay safe.